Hey everybody, welcome back to Review Mania. My name is Rob, along with Zach. Hey yo. And we're back to review night two of WrestleMania 36. Uh, WrestleMania so big it had to be over two nights, which is probably something that should have happened many years ago. Agreed. To be honest. Yes. So, um, do you remember? Because I'll be honest, like this whole time frame is a blur. Uh, was this originally supposed to be two nights, or did they make it two nights because of the whole pandemic? And they're just like, well, screw it, we'll make it two nights. No, I think that they were planning on making it two nights to, uh, I think people were saying to copy the New Japan Wrestle Kingdom formula, which also went to two nights that same year. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like just happenstance, or I was like, well, we don't need to do everything at once. So why bother? And it's like, they own the network. I mean, there was pay-per-view, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, very uh, few This is the last, actually, fun fact, this is the last WrestleMania on, uh, on the network. Yes, because then they would move over to Peacock. Peacock. Which is where they are, which is where they are still at, at time of recording, although... There has been rumblings that they might be bought out by Disney or some such thing. Well, why would they be? Why? Who would? WWE. Like, well, no, WWE TV rights. Oh, okay. I was going to yeah. say uh, they got bought by Endeavor. Yes, they did get bought by Endeavor. So now that they are a combined entity with the UFC, which oh. I still find a little strange. I do too, and I think about like. Are we going to get, like, coming up this Saturday, UFC 400 featuring Conor McGregor versus a ham sandwich? I don't I don't know. I don't know, but... We like, have Michael I, Cole, and like, oh, the Irish lad! Uh, the master Vin, of drink! Vintage McGregor. Vintage McGregor. Yeah, Vince, oh, look at that, he's beating up a fan! Oh, that's classic McGregor. <laughs> Uh, I, I just I, I just imagine more and more overlapping just because, but I kind of hope they don't. Like, cool, Endeavor owns both, get rich. But don't, I, I just wonder, do you think we'll see another Brock Lesnar fight? Or maybe Bobby Lashley? Because he was an MMA I think, fighter. Yeah, I, well, Bobby Lashley has been off TV for quite some time conspicuously around the time that the Endeavor deal was put into motion, so maybe we'll get Oh, you hear Lashley. you heard it here first. Bobby Lashley <laughs> stepping into a UFC ring. Or sorry, Octagon. Yes. yes, stepping into the Octagon at nearly fifty years old. Yeah, I mean oh. oh I know, I couldn't imagine. Against, I don't know, Dan Severn. Oh, God. 65. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think Dan Severn would still whoop him. Oh, I think so, too. But So, WrestleMania 36, night two. So, we come off of a great match, the Boneyard match. What were your expectations like for uh, night two? Um, I was expecting more of the same... Uh, like maybe I wasn't necessarily expecting another cinematic match, although we get one. We do get one. Um, probably a better, but, probably my favorite, to be honest. 
Well, yeah, but like the cinematic matches were new at that point, so like I wasn't sure what a Firefly Funhouse match it was going to be. Yeah, and we'll get to that in yep. a little bit. Um, but I was, yeah, I was expecting it to be more of the same. There were certain matches that I was, I was kind of surprised at the split between the two. Like they had both women's championship matches on night two for some reason. Um, so I thought maybe they could have split that up a little bit more evenly, but apart from that, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, podcasting. My bad. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, at the end of the day, I, I didn't know what to expect. It was like, I remember watching it because it like there was nothing else to watch. It was like, well, uh, it's something to watch. You know, we were in the thick. The beginnings of the uh, pandemic. Yes. All right. So, once again, Stem McMahon opens the show, welcoming us back to night two of WrestleMania. Uh, we then get the same exact intro package that was night before, but in this case, they uh, show the wrestlers fighting on tonight's card. Gronk welcomes us back. I... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I didn't notice that they had changed anything. I thought they did. No, I thought it was the exact same one, so I was felt like it was like really, really late. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was changed, but I don't remember. So Gronk, welcome us back. First match starts quickly. Our announcers are Tom Phillips, Byron Saxton, representing Raw. Charlotte Flair won the 2020 Royal Rumble, but Charlotte has won it all. So out comes Rhea Ripley, the NXT Women's Champion. And she challenges Flair. Two weeks later, she agrees to an NXT... Uh, agrees on at a NXT TakeOver event. Rhea was then told that she looked like Charlotte when she was a blonde. And Rhea changed her look. And Flair is going to kick her ass and take her belt. What do you think of blonde Rhea Ripley? I thought that, that she looked totally different because I'm very much used to the biker gear dominatrix thing that she has been going on for several years at this point. I don't watch WWE so I don't know what any of this is. No. All I know is she's in a thing called the Judgment Day. With she is in a thing called the Judgment Day. She's called Mommy with Der... Der what is Der... With Dominic... Dominic? Dominic Mysterio. Dominic yeah. Mysterio and I saw Dominic went to prison for like a minute. So now he's a hardened criminal? Well, well, the thing is, he didn't actually go to prison. He just went to jail. Oh, what a badass. <laughs> so, the NXT Women's Championship is on line for the first time ever at WrestleMania. Charlotte Flair versus the champion, Rhea Ripley. Flair is cocky early, getting the better of Ripley. Lots of trash talking again by Flair. A riptide early by Ripley gets a near fall on Flair. On the outside, Ripley hits a senton splash off the, and then she just screams in pain. Flair works over the left left leg of Ripley, then repeatedly runs the left knee into the ring post, which I never understood. Why isn't that a DQ? Why are you allowed it's to part like of the ring? That's dumb. But if you take off the ring, it's the same. It's the same thing as when you knock somebody into the ring apron, you know? It's just you're utilizing the ring as a weapon. Ah, uh, okay, fair. A face that 
Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Face first electric chair drop. Uh, it's another near fall on Flair by Ripley. A drop kick off the top rope for another two. Another chop block by Flair. And it continues to work over the left leg, which has been happening all match. A standing clover leaf by Ripley after she tried the ro uh, floor of the ropes. Uh, Flair rolls through to break the hold. Sets up for a figure four, but is blocked by Ripley. Then applies a Boston Crab. Uh, they then trade pinfalls. No one gets the cover, though. Uh, up on the top rope, Ripley tries for a superplex. Flair uh, blocks, then hits a moonsault, but Ripley has her feet up. Uh, Charlotte spears Ripley for a near fall. Flair finally gets the figure four on Ripley, but Ripley slaps the knee of Flair. But Flair bridges into the figure eight, and Ripley taps out at 20 minutes and 27 seconds. So Charlotte Flair is now your NXT champion. Yes, I thought this match was fantastic. Rhea Ripley sold like a boss. And I didn't notice the lack of crowd so much with this match as with some of the other ones. I thought they did a pretty good job filling up the space with noise mm -hmm. and doing a pretty good job of like trash talking each other and not necessarily pointing to people who weren't there yes. which was a big thing last last night so overall i really really enjoyed this match i said it was good but it went too long told a good story though yeah what do you think of having the nxt championship being defended well, it's a WWE title, so I think it's great. I think that we should have more NXT titles up on the main roster, especially since at this time NXT was being pitted as the third brand, not necessarily a, del a developmental place. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. Next up, we have Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. Alistair is slammed on his stomach. Lashley attacks quickly and overhead belly to belly on the floor by Lashley onto Alistair. After a missed middle rope, rope moonsault, Lashley just beats Alistair pillar to post around the ring. Lashley tries for two stalling suplex and nearly drops Black at one point. Alistair then gets a big kick to the face of Lashley, but a quick power slam for a two count by Lashley puts an end to that. Lashley tries for a spear. Alistair just kicks Bobby for a two. A big knee strike after some kicks and punches by Alistair. Alistair then hits the middle rope moonsault onto Lashley to the outside to the floor. Back in the ring, Lashley takes over with the two running cross body blocks for a two count. Lana is on the ring apron yelling at Lashley to spear him instead of whatever he was going to do. And then out of nowhere... Alistair Black hits the Black Mass and picks up the win at 7 minutes and 16 seconds. What do you think of this match? Because we didn't uh, even talk about the whole Lana thing. and Yeah, I mean, it made Bobby look kind of stupid, if we were going to be entirely honest, because of the whole... Like, he had him set up for, I think, a Dominator? Yeah, something like that. And then it's like, no, spear him! And you know that as soon as that's going to happen, Alistair's going to be able to counter. So it just made Bobby look kind of like a kind of an idiot, and 
it didn't necessarily do anything for Alistair Black either because he got beaten up so badly throughout most of the match. So I thought that this was a kind of pointless for both men, ultimately. It's wild to think they give Alistair Black the win and then they fire him. Yeah. And then... Spoilers for next year at Bobby Lashley's WWE Champion. Oh, I know. I just started WrestleMania 37 night one, and I we'll get to it when we get to it. But yeah, it's crazy to see in a year from show to show where he ends up. Right. But where did this whole Lana thing go? Um, you know, honestly, I don't remember. Uh, I think Lana ends up getting, um released Wasn't around there the same a time, time that... well no cause she's on Wrestlemania 37 and that weird oh, gauntlet yeah. match well it, no that's Mandy Rose and uh, no it's Lana Brooke. no cause Is the first Lana? one was Lana and uh like Cameron oh yeah cause Cameron comes out to her feel the glow music and Lana's right there with her uh, oh, yeah, uh, Naomi. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't... I Funkadactyls. That's that's what you're thinking. You're thinking of the Funkadactyls. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Wasn't this the time where, um, like, Naya was putting her through tables constantly? No, I think that was... I think that was the next year. So I think this is the... I left Rusev for Bobby Lashley storyline, which was very, very strange. Mm. I I don't really remember the details, though. <laughs> Fair. All right. Well, that was a match. It was a match. In the back, Ky- Kayla is with Bailey and Sasha Banks. And Bailey, being the SmackDown champion... And she will be facing Sasha, her best friend, in a five-way match. Bailey says that Sasha and her are united and the best friends. And this interview is now over and Bailey leaves. Kayla also asks Sasha how badly she wants to win the title. Sasha says, we'll just have to watch and find out. Now on to the SmackDown side of the house. Michael Cole and JBL are on commentary. They replay the 24-7 championship angle from the night before, where Gronk says he wants to be the the 24-7 championship. I'm going to spoil it here a little bit. Do you know, what what version of WrestleMania 37 did you watch? 37? Did you watch the network feed, or did you watch, like, the DVD or Blu-ray release? Uh, I watched the... Uh, one that is on Peacock. Did you watch... Did they have the commercial for the Old Spice commercial? No, they did not. Oh, wow. Okay, so the the version I'm watching is the actual live feed from Peacock. Mm-hmm. They had a commercial. The, w, the 24-7 champion was still around. And Old Spice, like, named Joe Average, won the title. And a, like random Old Spice commercial. And then there was this 
Strange. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's where this thing goes. The commercial was pretty funny, though. Uh, the story was him trying to get the title back and smelling good doing it. Mm. <laughs> okay. So I, we, can, I can buy that. There you go. Uh, now we get the story of Mandy and Otis. Otis is a bigger fellow from Wisconsin. Likes his brats and cheese. He reminds me a lot of, uh, I mean, maybe it's on purpose. Is he supposed to remind us of like a, uh, 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 I think he's supposed to be like the modern day George of the Animal Steel. Oh, no, I was thinking Chris Farley. Thanks for what I was thinking of. I first of all, I, I got thinking Matt Foley. Oh. And I was like, no, yeah, Chris definitely Farley. His, definitely his mannerisms are, are supposed to be reminiscent of Chris Farley. Or at least the way he talks. Yes. Yeah. Not necessarily Mandy. Yeah, you know, gets that little, like, rasp in his voice. <clears throat> but, yeah. Anyway, Otis is bigger. Mandy is a knockout. And, honestly, it's the story of how did she end up with him kind of deal. You know, it's like you see the big, the big fat guy or something. And, oh, how did he get her? What did she see in him? All I gotta say is, kids, so don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. That and looks only get you so far in life. Anywho. As, as we find out in this match. Yeah. So, uh, but someone is jealous, and that someone is Dolph Ziggler, who ruined their first date. But then a hacker guy shows up, and it has video footage of showing exactly what happened. And it turns out Dolph and Sonia Deville, who the hell is Sonia Deville, by the way, uh, were on this whole thing. They were scheming and telling them the wrong place to be and sending false text messages. And now they're having a match. But yes, who is Sonia yes. Deville? Sonia Deville is Mandy Rose's tag team partner. They were in a. A uh, tag team called Fire and Desire, and Sonia Deville was on Tough Enough at the same time that Mandy Rose was on Tough Enough. Wait, is that the uh, season and... where Alicia Fox was like, "I like Trish Stratus versus Lita or whatever," or Alicia Fox versus Reese's like Naomi? No, was it the was the 2011 uh, one. No, it was the 2015 one. The one where Daniel Bryan was a coach with Hulk Hogan. I don't recall this to save my life. All right. Yeah, yeah, it didn't it didn't go anywhere. Obviously, they they brought it back for one season, and then they didn't do it again. If Daniel Peter isn't trying to break a, a, uh, uh, Kurt Angle's arm, I don't know about it. Or if John Morrison's not on it, I don't. I'm not watching it. Yeah, or that guy who wrestled Gators. Oh, ZZ? That ZZ. Was, uh, that was the same season that I'm talking about. It is? It was 2011. Yeah. No, he was in the 2015. Oh, I guess I do know something then. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. My old brain still works, apparently. Yay! How do I overwrite these memories? I don't want them. <laughs> uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Otis. 
I I think if Dolph wins, what does Dolph win? What does Dolph even get if he wins? Mandy Rose. I don't. This they didn't say that. For, this this is a match for Mandy Rose. What they didn't say that. I know they didn't say that, but that was the implication. Oh. Oh well. Okay. Fair enough. After some splashes in the corner and a super kick by Dolph, sends Otis to the outside. Just a lot of choking on the ropes by Ziggler. JBL keeps using fake news when discussing the video that exposed Dolph Ziggler and DeVille. It was very annoying. Yes, I don't like JBL. Otis gets pumped up by swaying his stomach around and swiveling his hips. That's how he hulks up. Otis with some slams and clotheslines. Ziggler is run chest first into the turnbuckle several times. Then a very unnecessary body press slam, sending Ziggler to the floor from the ring. That didn't need to happen. Yeah, because nobody was there to see it. You're in an empty ring. Or better yet, if you're going to do that, put a fucking crash pad there and don't show him landing. Because damn, yeah. that, that seemed unnecessary. But Dolph likes to do those crazy bumps. Apparently, that's how you break your knees. A compactor, whatever that is, onto Ziggler in the middle of the ring. And Otis calls for the caterpillar, which I was thought that was the worm, but apparently it's not. Uh, but DeVille distracts the ref. Ziggler just simply kicks Otis in the nuts. <laughs> he just gets up and fucking punts him in the nuts and then falls to the floor. But then Mandy's music hits and she slaps Sonya. And then beats her up and throws her into the ring. And then Ziggler is punched in the nuts by Mandy. <laughs> and he then hits the caterpillar. And an elbow to the chest gets the win. And Otis and Mandy kiss. Yay. Um, I said this match was obviously would have been a much better match with a crowd. Uh, this would have had a huge pop as Otis and Mandy kiss. And Otis got the girl. It was pretty much a mad match because you knew something was going to happen with Mandy coming out and having some impact in the match. I agree 100%. This would have been a much better match if they had, even if they had like some wrestlers out in the crowd to make some noise or something. So they had people to play to. Well, they couldn't steal but that idea from is... AEW yet. So no, no. Um, so, what what happened with like where did the storyline go? Um, so they continued to date for a while. Otis won Money in the Bank. Oh, I remember they threw Rey Mysterio off the roof. Well, Baron Corbin threw Rey Mysterio off the roof. I just remember Otis... that match because there was like they were fighting in Vince McMahon's office and he got angry and he's like, "What the fuck do you think you're doing? You put my fucking chair back where you found it. Get the fuck out of my office." Yes, leave my Tyrannosaurus Rex head alone. Yeah, you bastard. Uh, Where? Hey, I want to know. Where did he put all that manure Steve Austin put in his office many years ago? Well, he's had many years to get rid of it. True, but don't you want to keep a little bit? Like, put them on the wall? Be like, this is what happened. Have, like, a little sample uh, of it in a plaque or something? Maybe, maybe he does, and we just didn't get to see that wall. That that may, yeah, you could be right. Yeah. 
Is it, is um, it weird? But that's a little weird. <laughs> uh, but then Otis lost Money in the Bank to The Miz, and Mandy went back to NXT to form Toxic Attraction with Gigi Dolan and somebody else. Really? And yeah, and then she went on to have like this really lengthy run as NXT Women's Champion. Yeah. Um, and then she got released from the company. Wait, what? Yeah, she no longer is employed by the WWE because she had, it wasn't an OnlyFans, but it was like another service like that. And she released some pictures that were a little too racy for WWE's liking. And so they fired her and she's like, okay, that's fine. Um, and she basically made like a million dollars after um the wwe released her from all the fans going and supporting her so yeah so that's what she does now so now she's an only fans person making millions of dollars yeah damn yeah and you can see her boobs apparently cool i guess so yeah if that's what you're into. And boobs are great. Uh, all right. Mandy Sachs. Is that her sacks of money? <laughs> her only her only fan sacks. Ah, I just put it over in the corner with the other of it. I'll dive into yeah. it later. <laughs> huh. Well, there you go. That's surprising. Wow, and then what happened to Otis? Where did where did Otis go? Because I don't think heavy machinery is a thing. Like he's wearing a heavy machinery. Yeah, shirt. heavy heavy machinery is no longer a thing because uh, Tucker, his uh, partner, has been released from the company. He is now in a tag team with Chad Gable as Alpha Academy. Wait, why did Tucker get released? Uh, why does anybody get released from WWE? Oh, okay, fair. <laughs> Huh. It was it was during it was during the one of those monster cuts that they did during the pandemic. Huh. All right. Well, there you go. Um Okay. Well, there you go. Alpha Academy. See, I don't I don't watch this cuff anymore. So it's like I don't know nothing. I, I the last stuff I watched, I did watch WrestleMania 39 Night 2. And I watched the Royal yeah. Rumble. Those those were the last... Well, well, hold on. I watched the Mon- Montreal show with Sami Zayn. So that was Elimination Chamber? Yeah, that was it. And I watched WrestleMania. So yeah, I only watched one night. Number two. So yeah, otherwise I don't watch WWE. I just I just can't. Yeah. I've tried throwing Ron a few times. And I just... I just the, the camera cuts, just... It's... It's still too manufactured for me. To be fair, I don't even catch I don't even catch Dynamite Live anymore. I just watch a DVR. Yeah. I don't no, even watch Collision bad. anymore. I mean, I'll watch, I'll listen to a review, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. It's too much goddamn wrestling now. There is a lot of wrestling, and I prefer independent wrestling. So I I tend to watch things that are on fight. <laughs> 
There you go. Hey, I told you I got my GCW shirt. No, you didn't tell me that. that oh, that's I did. Very exciting. Oh no. Oh yeah, I got a twelve dollar blind. Don't don't buy these, by the way. <laughs> I got a twelve dollar blind bag shirt. It was a GCW Goes Hollywood from March twenty second, twenty twenty two, or something like that. <laughs> Just some random event. And I was like, cool. Whoa. And it's got a big GCW logo on the back. And I was like, all right, well, uh, what do I expect for 12 bucks? Expected something cool, but they want 30 bucks a shirt. It's kind of ridiculous. Well, they have to make their money some way. I, I especially know. since they're going, especially since they're going to be doing a big uh, tour of Japan come October. Well, they're already in there, though. They just aired the the planet Death. Yes. I know, but they're going to be at Corican Hall. Ah, that's a big, that's a big deal. Gotcha. Well, there you go. Maybe we have to review it. Yes. Anyway, October twelfth. Yeah, because I saw the Planet Death thing. I thought maybe it was another tournament survival type thing. Nope, just the uh, Freedoms versus uh, GCW show. Gotcha. Who? What? Freedoms. Freedom. Yes. Freedoms. It's an independent Japan independent Japanese promotion. Um a lot of the people from the, a lot of the Japanese people from Tournament of Survival. Yeah. They're from Freedoms. Gotcha. Yeah. Alright. Edge versus Orton. Uh basically Edge came back at the Royal Rumble after nine years. And Everyone was happy, and Randy Orton came out, and he's like, Oh my god, you're back! Remember Rated RKO? Remember that thing? And, uh, we did things, and we were a tag team, and blah, 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 blah. But then he turned on him! And for some reason, now they're fighting, and it's a last man standing match. And I literally have, like, seven notes, because this was long. Um, this, was, this was a very long match. Basically, uh, Edge versus Orton, tons of brawling everywhere. It was slow, and a lot of grunting, and and moaning, and counting. Edge gets a concerto, uh, gets a concerto on top of a semi-truck to win. The only spot I really didn't like was they were in a gym, and they were choking each other with gym equipment, and it was kind of reminiscent to Chris Benoit. Yeah... There was that. There was also a couple of times where Edge just kind of, and I thought this was funny, so this is why I'm going to mention it, just lifted himself up and then launched himself crotch first into Randy Orton's face. Hell yeah, take my crotch like you mean it. <laughs> Pay your dues, young young boy. As the OSW boys would say, flying dick tackles all around. Hell yeah. There you go. No, I mean, honestly, I'm not going to sit here and fucking review this. Uh, it went, like, forever. I don't even know what time it went. I can find out. It was, like, point, 35 minutes. I was so tired. I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, it was, like, it was like 35 minutes. And this isn't even the longest match that these two will have because after this match, they had what was billed as the greatest wrestling match ever before it even happened. And that one went like 50 minutes. So, gotcha. Edge versus Orton. 
the Edge versus Orton, you get a long match. Yeah, the match that never ends, apparently. Because, goddamn, that took forever. And it was good. I mean, like, but it was just a lot of them just running around, banging into things, running around the studio, running around the warehouse, running around everything. And it was like, all right. They utilized cool. the space. They did. I'll, I'll say that. There you go. Yeah. It just sucked, though, because they hit a move, and then they just sit there going, (laughs) 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 And it's like, okay. Anyway, it wasn't bad. It's just way too fucking long. Yeah. And by the end, it was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, hurry up. And then he's like, literally the ref's counting. And he's like, shut up, referee. Shut the fuck up. And they bleeped him. And then he cries. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to do this concerto. And then he started crying again. Edge is a little bitch. Yeah. No. We love Edge here on this podcast. And we're happy that he came back. I'm crying. I'm sad. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I I, Honestly, as someone who didn't watch this shit, I'm just kind of like... Why are you having a match? Like, what? what's the point of Randy Orton? Like, oh, I'm fighting my old tag team partner. Bah. What does he have to gain? Yeah. But whatever. Um, next up was the Firefly Funhouse match, wasn't it? No, it was the wrong tag team title match. Oh, fuck. See, I quit taking notes after this. Because I suck. I just kind of started watching. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck this. Uh, I have some notes, so I can I can talk about it. Okay. Yeah, please do. Okay. The match was... Uh, so, yeah, so it was the Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Oh, this match. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. This match was great. Yeah. Uh, so... We'll start. It starts off pretty quickly with a super kick from Garza to Angelo Dawkins, uh, which allows the heels to take control. Um, they isolate Angelo Dawkins for a while, hot tag to Ford, uh, and then let's see. Uh, Theory delivers a TKO to Dawkins after uh, Garza does a springboard moonsault to get a two count a little earlier. Um, then, let's see here, uh, basically, uh, the Street Profits win, and Bianca Belair comes out and celebrates because she is married to Montez Ford. Ah. Yes. Well, I really liked Angel Garza. He impressed me. His middle rope moonsaults were fucking high as hell. True. What does Andrew Garza do now? Because I never heard of him th- since or now. Uh, first time I've heard of him. I I think he's in the LWO. Oh. They brought they that brought back. They brought back the little. Yes, they did. Man, for hating WCW, they sure bring back a lot of their stuff. Yeah, I know. Um, but I think that's where he is, or he could be released. It's one of the two. Does Angel Garza in the WWE? Here's some information. Uh, 
He is currently signed to WWE, where he performs on the Raw and NXT brands under the ring name Angel Garza. So, nope, he still wrestles for him. Uh, Thanks, right. Wikipedia. Uh, and Austin Theory is the current United States champion. All I know is he had that thing with Vince McMahon and an egg. Uh, yes, he also had a match with John Cena at WrestleMania this year. Oh, well, we'll get to that in probably three years. Or <laughs> probably three months. At the rate we're going, probably two or three months. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, we'll get to that because uh, I didn't watch it and uh, I ain't going to watch it till we have to. By then, we were doing the pay per view or doing this podcast, so I've quit, quit pretty much watching stuff live. Yeah, that's fair. All right. I also forgot to mention, I did take some notes. Uh, the Geeks chased after uh, Mojo Rawley, and Gronk won the title. So now he's a 24 7 champ. Yay, Gronk. Actually, boo, Gronk. Because he's most well, part of the Patriots and was way too overexposed. <laughs> hey, he gets paid, man. Next up That's was true. the WWE SmackDown Women's Title Fatal Five Way Elimination Match. I didn't even know this was a five way elimination match until he said it. They knew it was a five way, but yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah. Bailey versus Tamina versus Naomi versus Sasha versus Lacey. Everyone ganged up, and I remember Tamina getting uh, getting eliminated. And then things happened, yes. and Bailey won. It was a match. It was a match. Uh, it was not as good as the first women's title match. Um, although it did have a interesting story between what would happen between Sasha Banks and Bailey, although we never really got to see what happened because Lacey Evans eliminated Sasha Banks before um, we could get down to the final two. And then Sasha Banks helped Bailey win by distracting Lacey Evans. Well, there you go. Bailey won. Yay. Heal Bailey. Yes, Beth Bailey. Firefly Funhouse match. John Cena versus The Fiend. I fucking love this. This was interesting. So, basically, the match is predicated on. Uh, Why? Well, I gotta. I gotta ask. Okay. What do you think of this John Cena coming back and shitting on the talent? Because this isn't the first time he's done this to get heat for a match. Yeah, I'm not a f- huge fan of John Cena basically saying nobody's good enough to face me at WrestleMania. This I also year, like so the fact I'm that to... he said the same shit about The Rock. You know, like, oh, you're right. just part time. And now he's in that same he role. Has... Not this time. He well, he said... is, but. Yeah. Uh... He has since said that he didn't realize what a movie star schedule would be like and so he has taken back his comments well fair but but I mean like still The Rock would come in and do the same thing and be like who are you little jabroni yo you're Roman Reigns fuck you you're my cousin I love you <laughs> but you Miz you suck dick and have transvestite sex 
and other non-appropriate things that Rock would say. And then, yeah. like, leave and be like, I rule! And so does Roman. Fuck all y'all. I don't know. But point being is, Rock was guilty of the same thing. He would come in, and, you know, I remember that whole thing where he, like, beat up the... What was it? He beat up... Uh, the Wyatt family. Yeah, the Wyatt family. Eric, Rowan, and and all them, and laid them out like nothing, and, like, and uh, just... Yeah. And yeah, then, in like 30 seconds. Yeah, and then now it's like John Cena. Oh, wait, Bright, you're overhyped. And you've been given so many chances and you suck. Why are you even here? Why does the WWE keep trying with you? And to be fair, there was some criticism. I gotta say, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, Bray Wyatt is a character, is a great character. But it always seemed to be the buildup up the segments, everything was great until the match. And then the match just kind of sucked or it just couldn't live up to the hype. You know what I mean? Like he's so good at the execution of the buildup and everything that leads up to it. But then the matches were just kind of like, well, that wasn't great. Or, well, I guess it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. But like Bray Wyatt has always been more of a character than a technical wrestler and so to put him up against like to say oh well his matches aren't that great well uh, okay the undertaker for a good portion of his career his matches suck too but everybody still loves him mm-hmm. because of the character so it's it's not apples to apples necessarily it's not like we're talking about you know a person who can wrestle like daniel bryan and they're building it up that, oh, yeah, well, the Fiend is the best technical wrestler in the entire world. No, it's like, he's a monster, and he's going to murder you. And then he ends up, what does he end up doing? He ends up murdering his opponents. Yeah. In a really exaggerated fashion, yes. I think there is some disconnect between people's expectations and what really should be actually their thought pattern because Bray Wyatt is being that monster character and when you have a monster the monster isn't going to necessarily have the 30 minute technical masterpiece of a match so you know saying his matches suck eh, okay but Okay. Is he really trying to have? Is he really trying to have those kinds of matches? Yeah. So John Cena comes out, and he does his little salute thing, and then he goes, "Welcome to WrestleMania," and then it cuts, and it like cuts to like Vince McMahon at WrestleMania three, and it gets all wacky, and then the Firefly Funhouse plays. And John Cena ends up in the Firefly Funhouse. And it's funny. I think the rabbit, I think, like, is, like, a fan of John Cena. He kept calling him Brew and do- Dude and Bro. I don't know. Anyway. We then yeah. smash cut to, like, the SmackDown Fist. Which, I thought was cool. Because at the end of the day, have you ever watched that series on YouTube called, like, Inside the WWE Warehouse? 
No, I haven't. Dude, you gotta fucking watch it. It's awesome. I, I really wish they did more. So the WWE has an official archivist. And they will find shit and he'll go through the story of like, oh, here's a casket or here's a, you know, here's the Hell in a Cell and it's with like McFoley and stuff. Um, or mm-hmm. here's like the SmackDown fist and here's like some history about it or the Undertaker symbol that, that's, you know, uh, that under that Stone Cold was hung from. And I think there was, uh, some caskets they found. And I think the, uh, buried alive match between, uh, uh, the rock and mankind or Stone Cold and Undertaker or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just a really cool show, especially if you're a fan of the older stuff. And yeah. it's like, edu- it's not educational, but I mean, it is educational. You learn a lot of behind the scenes shit. And that's cool. Yeah. And it's like, well, cool. You have all this stuff in a warehouse. You're not in front of people. You're obviously this is a pre tape. Um, you can do whatever you want. So yeah, they had the SmackDown fist and they put Bray Wyatt in the role of undertaker or not undertaker. I'm sorry. Of Kurt angle. Where and they yeah. f- they flash back and forth between verbatim, Kurt Angle and Wade Bright Wade Bright B- Bray Wyatt issuing the open challenge where John Cena uh, makes his debut and he keeps yelling ruthless aggression and trying to punch Kurt Ang- uh, Bray Wyatt and basically Bray just kind of I don't know if you want to say mocks him but I, I was kind of this kind of went over my head. But, well, it's, you know, it's John Cena fighting himself, essentially. Yeah. And then we go to the 80s, where Bray Wyatt is Macho Man Randy Savage uh, in front of a cage, and they're talking about the Mega Powers, and apparently now John Cena is Hulk Hogan, and he cuts a Hulk Hogan-esque promo, and then we smash cut to frickin' Eric Bischoff. And... And, uh, oh yeah, sorry. And, uh, John Cena does like a million, like, bicep curls with dumbbells. Yes. Funny. And then his arms are all too tired. He can't do his, his, his moves. But, uh, we then smash cut to the NWO theme and cut to Eric Bischoff in the ring cutting a, like, promo from, like, 1996. And Bray Wyatt is mimicking the promo. And out comes John Cena as Hulk Hogan again, as NWO Hollywood Hogan. And, you know, this is John Cena now. He's Hollywood John Cena. And then we cut to a Vince puppet saying, this is such good shit. That was like, I remember that was the thing. Like, no one gave a shit. That was like, this is such good shit, was like the meme. Oh, yeah, there was a devil puppet McMahon. Which remind yes. me, do you ever, did you ever watch the show with Road Dog called like, oh fuck, it was like WWE bloopers or WWE like they're trying to be fucking uh, like Botchamania. It was like their answer. Yeah, Botchamania. and it, it was it was Road Dog and Josh Matthews in a thing watching these clips, and then they had Puppet H. Yes, yeah, had Puppet H and Puppet McMahon. Yeah, it just remind me of that again. They tried; these were good. Yeah. Like, WWE's YouTube presence used to be something worthwhile. Now they don't even try anymore. Now they just put up clips for India. Yep. So, um, then they finally get to start fighting, and John Cena's arms are too tired, and 
Like, they go to do a move, and Bray Wyatt disappears and turns into the Fiend, and there's Fiend music, and he then cuts to, like, back to the Bray Wyatt, and then they start cutting a Bray Wyatt promo from, like, 19, from, like, probably three or four years previous, and he's in the rocking chair, and all of a sudden he's in the rocking chair in the ring, and and then he disappears again, and it's a fiend, and I just, it was wild. Basically, John Cena loses, and the whole point of it is the fiend finally gets his win from six years previous at WrestleMania 30, where basically the entire point of it was Bray Wyatt should have beaten John Cena six years prior, and it's, I don't even want to say haunted him, or like, like that was the beginning of the downfall for Bray Wyatt? I, I, I don't really know what they were trying to say here. Well, it was, it was like one of those things where Bray Wyatt had been gaining all this momentum, and then he faced the momentum stopper, John Cena, and then it seemed like he couldn't get his momentum back after that loss to... John Cena at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And so the whole point was that Bray should have won that match so that a new star could have been built. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Anyway, so that happened, and I I was left just like, okay, that was a thing. I Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for the references because I'm old enough to understand them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was watching... In the late 80s. Not as well, because I was like, you know, I was born in 84, so, you know, 39 now. And, you know, late 80s for me. My my very first WrestleMania, or my first wrestling match, I can vividly remember. We had ordered pay-per-view, and we had to get a black box hooked up to the TV. Not that kind of black box. And... It was some kind of, like, cage match between Sergeant Slaughter and someone, and there was ladders in it, I think. I I don't recall it that often. But I just remember, like, Sergeant Slaughter being a thing, and Big Boss Man, and, like, I remember being young enough where I couldn't watch Raw because we went to bed at 8 or 9 when it came on Monday nights. So... We could never watch Rob, but my parents did. But we had the action figures growing up. We had the, I remember we had a Jake the Snake, and it came with a little snake. He put it around his neck. Point being, as I date myself, I'm a boomer now. Uh, I remember these. You know, I was a fan during 98, 97, <laughs> during all that. I was a huge fan. Fucking lived and breathed for WF. Um... I remember telling a whole classroom, or a whole, uh, I don't know what this was, but we got to go up on stage during lunch period and do, like, something, and I had a Mr. Socko, and I told the entire lunchroom to suck it, and everyone laughed, and looked back and go, how the fuck did I not get in trouble for that? Granted, back then, I didn't know what suck it really meant. It was just something they did, because I was in middle school, and I was a stupid kid. (laughs) Uh, but anyway so I really love the references I guess I didn't quite get the uh, point of the story and it's like okay John Cena lost now what and uh the scene is unstoppable and he's going to win the universal championship yes alright 
Okay. Well, there you go. What did you think of the match? I thought it was very strange, but I enjoyed it for kind of being different. I, out of the two cinematic matches, I think I enjoyed the Boneyard match a little bit more because it was Mm -hmm. more straightforward wrestling. Mm -hmm. And this really wasn't a wrestling match. This was a whole bunch of wrestling. That's like a variety hour. Yeah. And references packed in, packed into like a Tim and Eric sketch or something. Um, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I just wish that there was a little bit more <laughs> action. Yeah. It was literally it just, like 30 seconds of like, Oh, it's a Abigail done. Yeah. It just seemed to sort of, I like tight. I like Titus's right? reaction after though. He's wide eyed. He's like, his mouth is a gate. He's like, what did I just watch? Yeah. Probably echoing a lot of people like, what did I just watch? So where in all of the cinematic matches up to this point, what would you think was better? This one or the Undertaker or the Hardys or what? Um, oh, I didn't even consider the Broken Universe matches. The final deletion and those sorts of things are a ton of fun. Um, I'd still say that I would like the Boneyard match a little bit more. Okay. I really enjoyed that. Fair. All right, final match. Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. This whole match is predicated around Drew McIntyre being fired and him getting his opportunity to come back to WWE. And he took names and won the Royal Rumble. And and uh, he's the one who... Uh, knocked out Brock Lesnar in the Rumble and yeah so this was a quick match thankfully Brock Lesnar matches usually are uh, basically yeah. a bunch of suplexes a bunch of Claymore kicks and uh, finally uh, Drew McIntyre wins yeah I have to say that I find that I have less and less patience for this type of match like I enjoyed the Brock Lesnar Goldberg matches that were like this, but every time that he does this kind of match with somebody else, I get frustrated because Brock Lesnar and the other person can typically put on a better match. And this is just really like spam move, spam move. Okay. Four F fives, three Claymore kicks. It's really just more of a video game match as I like to categorize it. Uh, And I'm happy that Drew won. I think he deserves winning the WWE Championship. It's just, I wish that there was a little bit more meat on that bone. Yeah, and it sucks that, you know, the one thing, Drew has never... Everyone says he ran the pandemic era and he held the company afloat. And then he's never really been a chance to, like, do that in front of a live audience. Yeah. But all right, that was WrestleMania 36 Night 2. What are your thoughts overall? I thought that this was a better show than WrestleMania 36 Night 1. I thought that the overall match quality was a bit higher, uh, although we got the better cinematic match in Night 1. Fair. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. I, I... 
I watch these shows. I just watch the shows. I don't watch. I don't watch the bras or Smackdowns or anything leading up to them because I, I was thinking about this today. I, I really feel like the new modern WrestleManias just don't have it. You know what I mean? And I don't know if it's because I used to be a fan and the older ones appeal to me and the older wrestlers appeal to me or if it's just... I feel like these, these pay-per-view events now are just kind of there. And while they may be good, they just don't have like the, oh my god, I really need to check this out kind of factor. I I would tend to agree with you, although I have heard, not that I've watched it yet, but I've heard that WrestleMania 39 is like one of the better pay-per-views that WWE has put on like ever. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, we're getting there because next time we're doing WrestleMania we 37. Night one. Yeah. And it's WWE versus Mother Nature. <laughs> and also kind of COVID. Yes, kind of COVID. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Reviewmania.com. There you'll find our uh, review index, all our bonus stuff. And then we've done more bonus shows than we have WrestleMania shows now. We're getting there. Well... We're, we're getting there. It's kind of 50-50. Yes. But, uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great one. Be safe. Take care. Bye-bye.